Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another edition of the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Uh, today's episode, we'll be reviewing day two of WrestleMania 36, and joining me today uh, is my compadre, my co-host, Big Man Mike. How are you doing, Big Man Mike? I am still awake. I find it unbelievable I'm awake right now after this weekend, but them's how it rolls. I'm yeah, good. How are you? I literally just woke up 10 minutes ago to record this podcast, or else I'd probably be still asleep. Um, my body is broken after two days of WrestleMania. Um, but no, um, apart from that, uh, pretty good. It was my birthday yesterday, so get to enjoy a nice quiet one. Uh, all things considered, but uh, it does help that one of my housemates is a bartender, so he knows how to make all the cocktails. So uh, WrestleMania, days. WrestleMania was a more interesting experience for me. I can tell you that. Uh, so shall we just get on with the review, Mike? I think we should. But before we start going through just last mm. night, um, so this is the first time WrestleMania has ever been over two days. Um, coming out of it, I actually preferred it like that. I think it was better laid out, slightly shorter nights, but obviously longer overall. Um, do you think they should go ahead and do this every year? Yeah, um, I think I, I agree that they should do the same in certain extents. It, it's very difficult because one, like in terms of a television experience, I agree. Uh, wholeheartedly it should be over two days uh i think in terms of logistics wrestlemania week and is already large as it is uh just factoring wwe events alone let alone the independent events when you have nxt takeover raw smackdown hall of fame uh so you already have uh five nights of wrestling in or uh, WWE events in a row. Uh, I think a sixth one would be overkill in some sense. And also, if they do host WrestleMania over two nights, will they keep WrestleMania tickets at the same prices? I think it's going to cost the average fan uh, anywhere between 150 to 350, 400 pounds more um, if they host over two nights. And I think that's my exception to it really it should just be a tighter show um i think when we go through this review we'll probably agree that certain matches did not belong on this card and i know you want to give everyone a payday but it's their fault for having a massive roster at the same time so yeah that yeah I, i kind of feel half and half about it just like a logistical point of view, I think it would be a nightmare for the average fan. Fair enough. So, yeah. Um, that's our thoughts on that. Uh, I'm very awake, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the coffee's definitely not kicked in yet. Uh, so, first up is a pre show match Liv Morgan defeating Natalia. I did not catch this yesterday. Did you, Mike? I did. It was. Um... It was a match with absolutely zero storyline existing for the sake of, like you just said, to give him a payday. Um, but all things considering, it wasn't a bad match. It was, you know, it, it held your attention. Um, they both tried their best. You had a clean win, which was nice to see. Another roll-up, but I think we've decided roll-ups is going to be the move of this WrestleMania. Um, 
it was better than the pre-match yesterday, the day before, which really says something when you consider Liv Morgan isn't known for putting on classic matches. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it wasn't going to set the world on fire, but it was a good pre-match, pre-show match. Yeah, um, it's a shame that they didn't have like a right squad blow off, but I think that might be just again uh, with the coronavirus and the logistics with Ruby Wright and Sarah Logan not being available. I think yeah. that's all likelihood. Um, interesting fact for you: uh, five of the sixteen women's uh, matches on the WrestleMania cards over both night were women's matches, and I think beyond that, women were also involved in more than. Uh, three three or four matches, I think. So I, I think women have been involved in over half the matches at WrestleMania this year, which is a pretty a pretty cool feat that uh, has gone unnoticed. So I just thought I'd point that out. That is excellent news. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so first up on the main show is Charlotte Flair successfully defeating Rhea Ripley by submission with the figure four fell, uh, leg lock. Uh, to win the NXT Women's Championship. Coffee is still not kicked in. Uh, <laughs> this was a very good wrestling match, but did the right person win here, in your opinion, Mike? I think we're going to disagree, because I do think the right person won. I agree, it was an excellent match. Up to this point, the best match of WrestleMania. Um, I think they went around 20 minutes, and that 20 minutes was constant. It was intense. There was a storyline to it, with Flair working on the knee and the leg throughout. Um and I, you know, I'm, when it comes to the women's division, I'm, I've got very split opinions on certain people, and I feel a lot of people are there to make it show that there is a women's division and a women's evolution. And I think people have their place, and Charlotte is right at the top of that list in terms of performers and how good she is, and what she actually gives, and what she has done for the division. So, I think it's the right winner. She won the rumble. She challenged. I think. Over the last maybe seven, eight years, the amount of people who win the Rumble and challenge and then lose has been way too high. I think it needs to be a big payoff after a three-month story. They can do rematches. They can give it back to Rhea. They could even do it on NXT TV. I know a lot of people won't like it because it's, you know, was Rhea's big opportunity and she lost it. But Rhea's been booked super strong over the last six, seven months, especially around the Survivor Series time. She was untouchable, so she can handle a loss. Um, she fought well, she did a great match and I see a great future for her but I am glad that Charlotte won here I I respect your views I think uh, I think all your points are more than valid to be fair um, I think uh, in addition you could also argue that Charlotte Flair brings uh, name value, NXT is no longer a developmental brand but a third brand and I think with Charlotte Flair going there um, it really really does put over the women's division as the focal point of NXT and why that part of their programming is significantly better than their competitor AEW uh, with that being said Charlotte does not need 11th Women's Championship. Um, she's had 11 title reigns in four and a half years. That's awful. Uh, awful, awful booking. Not her fault, obviously. I agree to the extent that she should be um, up there as one of the faces of the company in terms of uh, the women's division. 
but yeah. no way she should have had so many short title reigns. She should because th- I, I think someone like Charlotte, it should be a case of when you do get a win against her, it means something, and they've kind of devalued that with the amount of reigns. So I would like to see her go on a super strong run. Yeah. Um, I'm just just trying to think what her WrestleMania record is, but I know she beat Oscar at WrestleMania when nobody expected that, and I guess last night was kind of unexpected. I think more people would have said Ripley to win, so she is performing I, on the big stage. Yeah, she won WrestleMania 32, 34, and 36, lost at 33 yeah. and 35. Wasn't that her original real story in that she was the queen of pay-per-view? She never lost on pay-per-view for a long time. Yeah, and then she lost to Bailey, not yeah. clean. Uh, literally the biggest own goal. You could have just had Charlotte Fair versus Bailey at WrestleMania 33. Anyway, I could have a rant about that for another time. Not relevant. Um, I think... I think it's a missed opportunity to create a new star here. Um, I but think that could have I been done th- all along. And remember, they probably changed some things because of the situation. Did they want Rhea's big moment to be in an empty arena? Um, you know, as we'll see later, certain big moments did happen. But did they want too many of them to be without the crowd? I don't think. I, th- I think people are way more fascinated with this than they actually are. I think their plans have been. I think their plans have been pretty set. To be honest, I think most of it's been bang on the money. Um, but yeah, I think it's a missed opportunity just because uh, you know the the thing thing with the women's division right now, especially on Raw um, and SmackDown, Bailey's pretty much beaten everyone now except for sasha banks and then after that you've got nothing becky lynch is above everyone else that much is clear and then you have charlotte flair who is also above everyone else but not above becky so you really need someone to be elevated to that level and i think it's clear that the women's division is like on two different tiers at the moment and i think they need people to be on those tiers. And I think that's what my issue is. So I think I think they missed a huge opportunity to create someone, to really elevate someone. Now, Rhea Ripley's been booked strong for the past year or so, but a Charlotte Flair win would really legitimise her in the fans' eyes because NXT's a third brand and it just feels like Charlotte's gone back and just gone, yeah, I won this title again. There's nothing really. It's just it's disappointing. The match itself, though, the match itself, though, really well uh, booked. I love the working over the leg, very old school style, um, high intensity. Rhea Ripley is an amazing performer, as is Charlotte Flair. So the match itself, zero complaints. It was definitely the best wrestling match uh, this year's WrestleMania. Definitely agree. Twenty minutes, not a boring second in it. They mm. went fast, they went hard, they you know, they forgot about the situation and acted as if there was eighty thousand fans screaming there. Um glad we agree on the match, but yeah, I mean going back to your point of Ripley should have won and there's not much more that certain people can do. We've got the NXT ladder match coming up this week. Just trying to think who would be most likely to win that and could they immediately take the title off Charlotte? No, I don't think so. Uh, I was, I mean, 
it's quite a big build-up for one title match, you know, a, a tournament to get into a ladder match to get into a title match. So, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I like the idea and like the concept. Um, it's kind of money in the bank esque as well. Um, yeah. Without saying it's money in the bank, it's weird. It's just weird. I don't know what to make of this ladder match coming up um, because I thought Rio would retain, and then I think. I, my my feeling was Dakota Kai was going to worm her way to winning the number one contendership, yeah. but now with Charlotte Flair being a heel, um, unless they change Charlotte Flair's character after this, which can be done. Um, yeah, all she has to do is come out and congratulate Rhea on her amazing match and say she fought like a champion and shake a hand and turn face just like that. I, I think I would like to see Tegan win and then Dakota Kai interfere. And then that would elevate Tegan because Charlotte Flair yeah. couldn't be Tegan Knox. Yeah. And uh yeah, and it also elevate the importance of the Tegan Knox Dakota Kai rivalry. I think that would be pretty good. But I don't know. It's uh yeah, it's it's to be seen. But uh yeah, so what's your star rating for this match and then we'll move on? Three. Three? Three. What really that low? Um this sounded low considering what I thought of it, but yeah, yeah, I think I think three. It was it was a good intense twenty minute match, but it was they they could have done better things. I think they've got a lot better matches ahead of them. Maybe uh, maybe, maybe maybe three and a quarter. Let's just top it up a little bit. Wow, and I thought it was going to be harsh when I say there's three and three quarters, and I deducted like a quarter star for the wrong. The, the the wrong person winning, so there you go. Uh, moving on, Alistair Black defeated Bobby Lashley after countering a spear attempt with a black mass. This was a match that needed to happen, right, Mike? It did. It's been a you know months of simmering build towards this, you know, back and forth promos, and uh, no, I've no idea why this match was going on either. Again, get people on the card. Yeah. Um... I think that's the best way to summarize it. Uh, I will say, I think it was for, I think it was a fine match. There was nothing really wrong with it. Um, I would have liked to see these two actually have a rivalry. I think both of them would actually be capable of telling a very good story. Um, I liked both guys' intensity coming into this match. And, um, you know, the character work at the end when Lashley loses and Lana's reaction, I thought that was interesting. I give this two and a quarter stars. I think with a bit more time, they would have been able to tell a good story in that match. And I think they deserve some build if this match was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think Lashley came into this super weak. He seems to have... <laughs> can't remember the last time he actually won a good, hard feud. Um, I think they need to split him and Lana up, and I think the seeds were planted last night. Lana telling... Lashley, which move to do, and it ended up costing him in the match. Um, the match went around yeah. seven and a half minutes, so it got the same amount of time as Becky versus Shayna. Um, I think. Oh no, that's that's unfair. Becky and Shayna got one more minute. One more minute. Well, glad it was planned out. Um, I really thought this was going to be a less than ten second match with a, a black mass, but yeah, they put on a an okay match. It wasn't. There was nothing special in it. I think Alice Black continues to be a extremely well booked dominant who you know he needs to have a a, a 
a, a title match or title reign soon um, to keep that going. I think they need to split Lashley and Lana up and do something better with Lashley. He's got the look. He's got some ability a lot better than what he's doing right now. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. Uh, I'd, take, give... I'd say two and a quarter. Yeah, we agree. We agree. Moving on to something that was actually uh, well built up and uh, came to the conclusion, uh, hopefully, um, it's Otis versus Dolph Ziggler over the affection of Mandy Rose. Uh, Otis defeated Ziggler um, uh, thanks to some Mandy Rose interference. I can't remember the exact attendance sequence, weirdly. And then Otis celebrates by uh, kissing the girl of his dreams and they go off and eat loads of ham together or something. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match, Mike? I think it was basically a match to fit a storyline instead of a storyline to fit a match. So the, the the match was happening, but you knew it wasn't going to really reach a conclusion until Mandy somehow got involved or was at ringside. Um, they worked okay together, but for somebody who's as good a performer as Ziggler and somebody with the ability that Otis obviously has, wasn't really anything special about it. Um, you were just waiting for to find out what happened in the end. Yeah, um, I kind of agree. I think um, I think it, the match needed intensity. It felt very paint by numbers uh, until the ending sequence. Uh, I, the right result. I, I got to be honest, I didn't really like this match very much, and it's a damn shame because I think both men are good performers. Um, it was good to see Sonia ringside. It's good to see like uh, taking that managerial role for this match. Hopefully, it's not a permanent thing. And um, yeah, I think the one downside for me about this entire thing is just the fact that Mandy Rose cannot act. Um, she's just not a very good promo. Mm. And, uh, I think if this has happened with the live crowd there, it would have got a great reaction, though. You know. With yeah. The- oh, absolutely. Absolutely, like I that, think it you know, it was have, a good ending. Yeah, I think it would have like one of the biggest pops of the night. Uh, great ending, great ending, and I think that's what redeems this match. Yeah, uh, I give this one and a half stars. It was I would, fine. I would totally agree with that. And one little niggle. I mean, I I know that mm-hmm. some moves are stupider than other, but the caterpillar is obviously only in existence to get the crowd reaction. I think I would have liked it if the fact that there was no crowd, he didn't do that and hit some more devastating finishing move to end it. I mean, I get moves like that in the worm, but they are solely there to get the crowd into it. Didn't need to be here. Yeah, I, I second that. It didn't need to exist uh, in this match. And, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a blood feud, it's kind of yeah. like the antithesis of the, the character, I think. Um and the character's motivations. So, yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. Anyway, uh, let's move on. It, up next was the longest match of the night at 36 minutes and 41 seconds. Uh, Edge defeated Randy Orton in a last man standing match, uh, which ended up with a concerto on top of a truck or something. This match was long, this match was boring. This match took forever. What a waste of a return for Edge. And it's a damn shame because these two guys put on a clinic in storytelling leading up to this match. But honestly, 
Oh boy. Do, would you agree with my sentiments, Mike? I feel like you, you're obviously quite negative on this match. I get the sense that you didn't really like anything about it. Would that be right? No, I, uh, I, I really, I really didn't. I wanted to like it. I think I just don't remember a single spot outside of the dive through the tables that Edge did. Um, I remember that spot. There, there was some fun stuff in the gym, but there wasn't that many bumps. And I understand why, because Edge's bump card, even with the return, is going to be limited. And Randy Orton is obviously a safe wrestler. So I wasn't expecting fireworks, but A, this needed to be shorter. B, last man standing does not suit these guys. I think. I think something a bit more intense. I know holds barred match that lasted 10, 15 minutes would be way better than a last man standing match here, I think. Okay. Well, I absolutely hated this match. I hated, of the 36 minutes and 35 wow. seconds it went, I hated 36 minutes and 20 seconds of it. The only tiny, tiny thing I liked is the very first move with Orton disguised as a cameraman. I thought that was a little bit different. Taking advantage of the fact that it's an empty arena and therefore he can't sneak through the crowd, still managed to do that. It started great. And after 15 seconds, it then deteriorated into a slow plodding. Let you know, the, the best thing about the rest of the match for me was I got quite a nice tour of the performance center, I got to see their gym and their offices. And you know, I, f- I feel like I could walk around that building now knowing where I was. Last man standing did not suit Empty Arena in the slightest. They needed a crowd there to be counting and playing off them. It was... I, th- I think the, the overall feeling is the commentators were bored as well. There was nothing for them to talk about. There was long periods of nothing happening. It was awful. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the worst Mania book... One of the worst book matches I've seen at Mania. Yeah. Um, and with everything else they're doing, if there was a match that they could have used the situation to their advantage, I mean, I know the Boneyard match was quirky in its own thing, but if they'd done their own different thing for this, started, you know, started out in the parking lot as both guys go in the arena and use some of the editing that they had the chance to do and made it shorter and more intense and shocking, which it should have been, there should have shocking should have been the word that we came out of this thinking. And it was shocking, so I guess we did, but no, hated this match. Yeah, I I, I think it's just so bad because I really can't remember anything of this match. It just went on and on and on. Um, yeah. I, I just, aside from the RKO spot and the elbow drop through the ladder, there wasn't really anything to write home about. And, yeah. and th- this is two like... or three weeks after Champa and Gargano had a fight in exactly the same gym, which was intense and brutal, and mm-hmm. Ranello on commentary was making it, and that was what they needed here. They needed smashed windows and broken gym equipment. Instead, the, he sat him on a chair, did a pull-up, and then crotched him to the face. I mean... It... Yeah. I'm trying to think of good things to say about this. 
mm, I don't have much really. I think the only good thing that we can say is at least Edge is back. At I least think. Edge is back, and I feel so sorry for him because you know he obviously still got it and great performer and put his body on the line, but for nothing, he went through all that and for absolutely nothing. Yeah. I think for a couple of things they did, I'm a one that's half a star. Yeah. yeah. Half half a star. It would have been a quarter of the star if Randy Orton didn't dress as a cameraman. Yeah, I just... Oh, it's so disappointing. Yeah. Uh, up next, Rob Gronkowski won the 24-7 title. By so much Rory. better. <laughs> yeah, at least that was more fun. I, yep. And only lasted half a minute, so great. And then uh, for the remainder of the show, Titus O'Neil was a host of WrestleMania, uh, which made me happy because I haven't seen Titus on on TV for a while. And he's by guilty pleasure. I love a bit of Titus. I think they should have just had Titus the whole time. A lot cheaper and probably better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Titus, Titus for the Hall of Fame, and that's not even a joke. Uh, yeah, and he has great. to trip when he comes on the stage. Has to. Oh my god, I would actually go to that Hall of Fame just for that reason. <laughs> uh, great guy, love Titus. Um, I actually have more to say about the twenty four seven title change than the Raw Tag Team title match, which <laughs> is uh, the Street Profits defeated. Angel Garza and Austin Theory in six minutes. I can't remember the finish, but I, I I'll say this though. Um, I, when I was watching it, I was entertained for what it was worth. A great opportunity for Austin Theory uh, to uh, come in and do his thing. Uh, only twenty two years of age. Fantastic moment for him. Um, Garza is fantastic. Um, uh, and at the end, Bianca Bella came in to save the day from a beatdown. So. Uh, hero um that's all i've got to say you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i think three of the four competitors here are absolute huge stars of the future i'm not the biggest fan of montez ford but i think you know his his partnership with angelo dawkins is great they work well together but i can't imagine him being a good singles where the other three definitely can i think gaza is a superstar absolutely amazing um Wait, you're saying Montez Ford uh, cannot be a superstar when he's the most charismatic of the two? Sorry, got the wrong way around. Angelo Dawkins, uh, I don't think, has <laughs> the chance to be a single star. Montez Ford, obviously, is, you know, yeah. I, I think if they broke into singles, one of them would fade away. I think Montez Ford is the Shawn Michaels to Angelo's Marty Gennetti. Yeah, it's a shame because I actually quite like Angelo, but... Yeah, as a tag team, they're good, but I think every tag team eventually devolves into singles and three of these have a big future. I like Austin Theory as well. I'm glad he got this chance. Obviously, he was only there due to circumstance. And, you know, this is one of those matches where we we knew there wasn't going to be a title change or anything. So there wasn't much anticipation to who would win. It was just how they would win. But a couple of things I liked. I liked um, Ford doing the flip over the top rope a week after it went tragically wrong and he took a huge bump so it was good that he had that level of trust to do it again thankfully they caught him this time mm-hmm. and his frog splash is just the best frog splash i've seen he goes so high and that impact is great yeah yeah i we can see uh ford's praises all day long um he's that charismatic off camera as well like yeah. uh 
just a total dude. And uh, yeah, Bianca Belair hopefully called up to the main, uh, hopefully called up to Raw. I, I super hope so. The entire I, I, division, I think... she is my number one. Really? Yeah. I yeah. think she's got the most. Uh, I, I know she's been around for like two, three years now, but uh, I, and I know potential gets thrown around a lot, but I think she has the most upside of any uh, talent in the women's division uh, in terms of the ability and rings, got the promos. Yeah, and she'll only improve, and that's that's a remarkable thing. Uh, yeah. Definitely. So yeah, I I would love to see her raw. I would love to see a feud with Becky Lynch. I think it would actually put a rocket under Becky Lynch's ass yeah. to have a great feud um at least on the mic i mean i think uh, i think what both women could do would be fire so i'm just fancy booking right now um but yeah no this match itself two stars um i know that sounds harsh but um i think with a bit more time i think they could have had a great match but they couldn't on this card a bit more time and a bit more story i think yeah two stars for the actual match but include what happened after take it up to two and a half i like that ending i like the fact they've acknowledged it on screen i liked all of their reactions to it it would have gone up to three and a half if alistair black had then ran down and attacked bianca oh that would be so sick <laughs> um just like don't you dare hit my wife don't you dare hit my wife and there's <laughs> mixed match challenge all over again yes. money uh Anyway, uh, moving on, it was the Fatal 5-Way Elimination match for the SmackDown Women's title. Uh, Tamina was eliminated first after being splashed by all four of the other female talents and pinned by all four of the other female talents. Naomi was the next to be eliminated. Uh, I can't remember how she was eliminated. Uh, And then Sasha Banks was eliminated because uh, Bailey diverted the women's right to Sasha Banks, so Lacey got the pin over Sasha, and then Bailey would uh, finally win the match uh, with her weird DDT thing, thanks to some Sasha involvement, and Bailey retains the SmackDown Women's Championship, and the teasing attention between Bailey and Sasha Banks continues. <sighs> I think I, I think I wrapped that up well enough. Um, I didn't hate this; I thought I would, but um, I didn't hate this match. No, I'm glad they got rid of Tamina first. I don't think she needed to be there. She was the odd one out. And, you know, they're doing their typical thing where they suddenly have this big competitor who's the most dominant thing, even though she's never won a match since 96. Um, She wasn't wrestling then. Exactly. (laughs) I'm glad they got rid of her early. Um, She was only there to make up the numbers, and then the match really started. Um, I think Naomi tapped out with the bank statement. Um, oh yeah, that was it. And this is one of those matches I, I said to you as we were watching live right at the beginning that we know that Bank- Bailey is going to turn on Banks or Banks turn on Bailey, and if it doesn't happen, I'll be happy. So it didn't happen. They planted more seeds, but what we knew was going to happen didn't. Um, but every time they got rid of somebody, it got closer to them. So when it came down to Lacey, Sasha, and Bailey, you presume Lacey would be the next one out. So when Banks actually went. It was surprising to me, yeah. and it was just that it, it wasn't a. It, it could be interpreted that Bailey pushed Sasha out the way to stop her getting hit, and it could be interpreted that she was off balance and couldn't dive across the ring to stop the pin, or it could be interpreted the other way. It's just those little seeds that lead to a story later. Um, 
And then I think the final segment between Bailey and Lacey was probably the biggest segment of the match. Did I think Lacey had a chance? I would I would say I did. So it was one of those where I don't exactly know what's going to happen. And Banks coming back in and helping Bailey get the win just adds to that storyline. So yeah, didn't didn't hate it. The the wrestling itself wasn't anything special, but the overall layout of the match was good. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it was a really well constructed match. Uh, you know, everyone had a purpose, including Tamina actually. Um, but yeah, everyone had a purpose. Everyone served their purpose really well. I think the fact that Lacey Evans was down to the last two really gave that glimmer of hope that the face would win. I think the Bailey Sasha, um, the teasing that you've basically just outlined would be uh was really well built and it's like uh first off it was a miscommunication and then was it a miscommunication you know um i think that's i think that's really well done um i think you know i think they can extend this rivalry out to SummerSlam and then have the blow off there i don't think we'll ever see bailey versus sasha at wrestlemania sadly um i think that bridges sale but bailey sasha match at SummerSlam, i would be down for that uh, I think I think the best way of building it would probably be have Sasha Banks win Miss Money in the Bank, and have her teasing in, teasing and teasing a cash in, and then she finally seizes the opportunity. And I think turn her face because I think Bailey, while Sasha Banks is a better heel, I think we've not seen a heel Bailey versus a face Sasha Banks, and I think that'd be interesting to see in terms of yeah. a story perspective. But yeah. the match itself, um, nothing too memorable in terms of spots uh, other than all the splashes to Tamina. I would give this three stars purely because of the story they told and the way it was constructed. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, I think I'd be hovering around the two and a half. I'm not sure I'd go up to three. Not the greatest wrestling, but a good layout it, this is more of a placeholder in a, a longer story for me so it's right down the middle two and a half stars fair enough i think um i, I might be a bit generous but i think the other thing that surprised me was that they were given nearly 20 minutes instead of a typical six to ten minutes for these sorts of matches even in an elimination format so i i, I was pleasantly surprised they were allowed to do that up next is the firefly funhouse uh, the Fiend beat John Cena. Um, uh, drugs is all I got to say. <laughs> drugs. That was just drugs. Uh, uh, Mike, recap this for us, please. <laughs> so, this is a little bit like the Boneyard match that we had no idea what they were going to do, but we we were hoping they would go a little bit different and do things that they couldn't normally do with crowds being there. And I think we can safely say they did that. The, the whole point of this match, it was, it was built with Bray basically blaming John Cena for his downfall all those years ago and the creation of The Fiend. And Cena's retaliation was that Bray had wasted all the chances and wasted everything he'd got and that Cena had earned everything that he had. So a typical Cena build-up, really. And then the match was Bray, I don't know whether he drugged or hypnotized Cena and then took him back through his whole career and every choice that he'd made 
that was wrong or that led to where they are now. I absolutely love this whole segment. I think that it's super clever. I think they let Bray especially have massive input into what to do here. There were signs of them all over. I think if you watch it again for a second or third time, you'll see little little snippets or little lines, little clips that you didn't notice the first time. There's so much in storytelling, so much things that, you know, very few people might know and other people wouldn't pick up on. I think this was the best 20 minutes of WrestleMania, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you had like the prototype, you had Ruthless Aggression Cena, you had the chair shot incident from Mania 30, you had yep. NWO Cena. God knows what that's about. I think uh, I think that's a sign of what would have happened if Cena had listened to everyone and turned heel, done what the fans wanted. If he'd done what Hogan did and turned heel that way, what heel Cena would have looked like. Yeah. There was just so many little things here, you know, you got I, I, Bray I, I, singing the um Bella's th- Nikki Bella's theme tune after Ruthless Aggression. You got the puppets being involved, which I did say I really hoped happened. And oh, the Mitman puppet said, This is such good shit. This is such good shit, and they didn't beep it out. It's so many little things here. The, you know, the, the thugonomics, the remix of the song. And then what, what Bray was saying after the rhyme that was all so true that. Yeah, you know the Cena character takes other people's weaknesses and turns it against them, and that he's been the face for so long, but he wasn't really a face. He was what should be classed as a heel, and the crowd were booing him. And it was it's 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 as if six seven years ago they wrote this story and very carefully planted the little segments that we'd need. And we know that's not the case. They've just very cleverly gone back in history and used it, but. I, I love that line. You were supposed to be a man of the people, and then when the people sang, you didn't listen, and went back to them singing. You got the whole world in your hand, and then Cena still wins the match. It's it was so clever. Yeah, I think <sighs> I am still up in the air about how I feel. I think it was really well laid and really well done. I think this. Is one of the greatest promo segments of all time. Um, I, I'm happy to say that, like without a doubt, it's, it's a masterpiece in that sense. I just expected some sort of match. Uh, yeah, I, I'm very confused about how I feel about this. If I'm being brutally honest. Um, I, I think, think this was the, the weirdest parody of a Christmas Carol I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would go. I, 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 I think that's probably the right way of putting it. To be honest, um, I mean, it was fucking insane. I'll just say that it was just insane. I don't have a star rating for this. I don't think you can. You can't uh, star rate this. If in, uh, I, I mean, what do, do they star rate films and movies, or do they have a different rating? Uh, no, same ratings. It's up to five. Um, I think it, I preferred the Boneyard match out of the two, uh, but that's just right up my wheelhouse um, in terms of the two wacky uh, segments. But that—that's just me. Um, if people prefer this segment, 
that's cool. I uh, don't blame him. I think it's more layered and more nuanced. Um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely a work of art. I think that's the best way of putting it. It definitely is, yes. Uh, anything you would like to add? Um, no, like, I, you can compare it to the Boneyard match in the way that it was done to suit the situation, but I think you've got two very different things that you can't really compare as a oh, segment. I, I preferred this as a segment, um, not obviously as a match. There was, very, there was very little physicality in it. I think there was probably a couple of punches in one move, but in terms of the story and in terms of the backstory, I think they've done a masterful job at this. Absolute genius at work. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, let's move on to the main event. Drew McIntyre becomes the first British uh, WWE champion, the first Scottish WWE champion by uh, beating Brock Lesnar with multiple claymores. Uh, I'm happy, but I'm also sad that this main event was not a proper hoss fight, in my opinion. Yeah, this didn't live up to expectations at all. Um, it was a little bit like the Lesnar-Goldberg match of the previous night. It was just big move after big move after big move until somebody wins. Um, the F5 and the Stomp are now the weakest finishing moves in WWE, unfortunately. And using that, that horrible thing called wrestling logic, Kofi holds the belt for however long and then loses in nine seconds to one F5, and yet some people can take three or four of them and just kick out at one. Um, a bit of imbalance there. The, yeah. the, only, the only, only thing I did like, and I've, I've often thought this, so I do like them doing it, when McIntyre hits the Claymore and instead of going for a pin, hits another Claymore and another Claymore, it kind of makes sense. Because, you know, he's already kicked out of one. Why, why, would you, why wouldn't you just keep doing it over and over? Same as if Lesnar after the third F5 had just picked him up again and again and kept doing it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this, this is becoming a little bit too... It happens where Brock hits his big moves, they kick out and then they come back and win in quite a short amount of time. I think it was about four and a half minutes. Yep. Um, uh, it's Basically, he's had the same match at WrestleMania more or less for the last four years. Yeah. I think it needs to stop now. I think Lesnar vanishes for a while. But I think Paul Heyman's spoiler this time wasn't that Lesnar was going to win or wasn't that Lesnar would still be the champion afterwards. His spoiler was that next year at the go-home Raw, Lesnar will be champion. be interesting to see if that's actually true. I think it will be. Yeah. Uh, I think Lesnar will win the WWE title back somehow. Um... Yeah. But he's just getting weaker and weaker with every one of these losses now. Yeah, I would have, I would have a situation where Lesnar becomes number one contender Rumble, and then uh, he wins the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble, and then you have a Mania build. Um, uh, you have a lot. You have a mania build with Lesnar as WWE champion, and you don't get those lengthy period of absences um, without a WWE champion on Raw. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, Raw needs to build up its main event scene without Lesnar. Um, I think Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, 
uh, Randy Orton, Edge. I think they're the right, uh, probably not Edge because he's part-timer, but Randy Orton, those are the guys you could start with and you can expand upon that and have another couple of people, maybe Alistair Black, for instance, uh, chucked into the mix and I think you would have a decent main event scene for the next few months on Raw. That, that depends if they do a, uh, a shake-up anytime soon as well. Yeah. But they really need to build up that main event scene. Yeah, totally agree. I've got high hopes for what this can mean. The match was pretty boring and blah, but the right person won. Yeah, I think that's the important takeaway is they didn't wait to pull the trigger on Drew McIntyre. And I think that's been the issue in the past is that they waited waited and waited for Roman and it never came. Um, They didn't wait for Rollins. It's a shame it didn't plan out the way they wanted to with Rollins, um, but that—that's—I I reckon that's more on Seth's fault and the fact that the Fiend is so good at the same time. Um, I think pulling the trigger on Drew now would be way better than SummerSlam because if you don't pull the trigger on Drew now, then you know you just make him look weak to Brock Lesnar, and it, do, it doesn't matter what you do after because. Yeah. It doesn't count what you do after. That was what happened with Roman. So they made the right decision. I know people won't say they want the crowd reaction, but you know you can't you can't have everything in these uh, uh, in these difficult times. You can't. But you know it goes back to what I was saying about the first match. They wanted to wait because for the future now, every time they show a clip of McIntyre winning the belt for the first time, which you know they will over and over. There's no crowd in the background, and you oh, know WWE. They'll, they'll edit in a crowd reaction. <laughs> oh, you know yeah, they're... from WrestleMania 3. <laughs> um, yeah, because you know WWE, as soon as this pandemic is over, the virus will never get mentioned again. The fact that they didn't have a crowd will never be mentioned again. They will yeah. write it out of history. So I think that's that's why maybe some decisions were made. But I think Drew was always going to win this, and I'm glad that we've had a Royal Rumble winner go on to win the title. I think the more times that happens, the bigger the Rumble gets every year as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I agree. Uh... So, so from the Rumble, the storyline's been great, the build was great, what comes after is great, it's just a shame that the four and a half minutes in between all that was not great. But you can't have everything. Yeah, yeah. I, th- you know, I kind of expected it to go this way, being because Drew McIntyre is not a lightweight. Um, so yeah, I give this match just because the right person won two stars, or else it would get less. Yeah, I was going to say two. Um, totally agree. Yeah, hopefully it's two because of the situation. Um, yeah. But with that being said, with hindsight. I would have much preferred them to switch night one and night two. For this to be the end of WrestleMania, I think people went out on a bit of a low and it was a bit of an anticlimax. I think if the Boneyard match had been the final match that left us and we had the Firefly fun hours on the first match, first night, I think it would have been a better layout. Yeah. Um... So we ended night one happy and ended night two not so. Uh, yeah, I. I... I don't know. I've, I've, the reaction was positive in the sense that Drew McIntyre won last night. And you had 
a babyface win with a major title. Um, the only other the only other thing you could put in, you can't really have the Boneyard match, the last match, I don't think, of WrestleMania. Um, Whereas Bam Bam Bigelow versus Lawrence Taylor, you can. Yeah, but that's in the ring. I think he needed something in the ring to end WrestleMania. This was the one uh, time you didn't need something in the ring. There was nowhere there to watch. I, 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 I'm a traditionalist, Michael. What can I say? <laughs> uh, but I think I think he needed a babyface title victory, and I think the only other match that would have fulfilled that criteria is Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. Um, or Braun Strowman. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Braun is in the same level as Becky or Drew in terms of popularity at the moment. No. So. I, just, I, w- I would like to rejig it round. I don't think it was the best match to finish on with that type of match. If Brock yeah. Lesnar had done what he can do sometimes and have a, a, a great Brock Lesnar match, then yeah. I mean, Yeah. 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 Uh, you know what? I wouldn't have minded seeing Charlotte versus Ripley in the main event. I think that would have been cool. Yeah, definitely. And NXT headlines WrestleMania. I mean, that would have been different. I would have been uh, happy with that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, right person won. Uh, so even though it wasn't a great match, people would like to be happy with the results. So, you know. So what is your overall grade for WrestleMania 36 then? Um, the two nights combined? Uh, I th- uh, let's do day two and then both nights combined. Okay, so day two, let, I mean, every, every match starts on an average and then moves up and down, so Edge versus Randy Orton dragged it all the way down. Every other match, you know, started to bring it back up. The Fun House was a huge plus, in my opinion. Little moments like Bianca Belair, the first match, Rhea versus Charlotte, Drew winning the title. I'd, I would say overall for night two, six out of ten. Six out of ten? Yeah. Okay. I was or, going for or did you want grade. a star rating? Oh, you want a great, great yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would say between B and B+. Plus. I would give this a C plus for day two. Uh, would you? Yeah, I, I feel Drew McIntyre winning was great. Fire, Firefly Funhouse was interesting. Uh, so that means Otis, you prefer night, night oh, one oh, to night two. Yeah, I prefer night one. Okay. Yeah, I prefer night one. Uh, just because boneyard match. Um, I think. I think there was also better matches overall on day one. That said, Charlotte versus Rhea was very good. Uh, there was some right booking decisions, but that last man standing match was awful. Um, the Raw Tag Team title, Alistair Black, Bobby Lashley, did not need to be on the card. Um, Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar should have been longer. Um, yeah, and Charlotte winning was the wrong decision, in my opinion. So I could only give it a C plus uh, for day two. Overall grade, I give it a B minus, given the current situation. Um, it was entertaining enough. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I'd, 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 I'd be minus with the caveat of um, if this was in a stadium, I'd probably be very, very pissed off. Uh, 
at wasting seven hours of my time. But I, I kind of give them a lot of leeway in the sense that, you know, difficult times, understandable that they can't do everything that they wanted to do this year. Yeah, I mean, my overall rating would be B. I think I've pretty much averaged B on both nights. I did prefer night two, but if you if you get away from the results and who they are and just look at what happened in the ring, then yeah, I do agree. Night one had the better matches, but I guess it all comes down to who you like and who you want to see pushed and what you want to see happen. I think night two gave me more of what I wanted. Um, but you know, given the situation, I think they did. They made the best out of an extremely awful situation. I'm went into it wishing they weren't doing it. I've come out of it glad that they did, which is big ups to them. Mm. I kind of, I'm I'm not dreading watching it again, which is a, a a big plus. Um, I've already watched some bits of it again, which is you know, a good sign. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure they could have got higher than a B without the crowd. It really does show how much the crowd makes things. Yeah. The, the two the two segments that they did, the Boneyard and the Funhouse, really did make this WrestleMania something different. And I hope yeah. that when they get the crowd back they realise that they can still do stuff like this and we won't shit all over it. They yeah. don't need to do it in the middle of an event. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Boneyard match uh like yeah undertaker aj styles are still my mvps uh and the boneyard match was my favorite match of the entire event um but yeah boneyard firefly funhouse good the nxt women's title match uh, we'll bang on about the end until kingdom come but you know uh very good match well constructed um i thought owens versus rollins was really good in night one uh i really watched that no, the ladder match was great as well, all, all things considered. So yeah. I think there was some huge positives in this WrestleMania. Um, I mean, in terms of WrestleManias, I'd probably place it somewhere middle of the pack. Um, you know. Yeah, it's so different. It's hard to it's hard to compare direct. I yeah. think I think I'm just glad that we both agree. Edge versus Orton has really dragged it down. And I'd be interested if they'd gone like a 10, 15 minute just absolute fight of all fights. Would, would that have increased at all? I just think, you know, it was right yeah. in the middle of the show. It was 36 minutes of bore. Yeah, I think it's the. I don't. I think it's. I, I, I don't want to say the worst because I think that's just a really horrible way of saying it, but I don't think it was as good as the last three manias. Um, thought 35 was uh pretty good on the whole and uh, 34 was like i had lots of shocking moments uh so that's what redeems that and 33 i think is a bit underappreciated uh, so i don't think it's any as good uh as good as the last three manias that we've seen in terms of in-ring action and uh, i think yeah. that's really more a testament mm. to the importance of the crowd but you know uh, yeah, so it's really it's really difficult to place, but um, yeah, right. A lot of the right people won, so I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, any final th- that uh, it for now. Just like what I've said, really big ups to them for doing this. Um, great that all the wrestlers put on 
on the whole, very good performances. They put everything into it when they could have probably just dialed it in. I think this has really increased my respect for certain performers, and it it gives me hope for the future. I think they've, they've laid seeds and put things in place to give us some great stories, some great matches moving forward. Let's just hope they capitalise now. Yeah, I mean, I'll extend that to say, uh, you know, um, if any of them do ever listen to this podcast, ever, <laughs> uh, I just want to say thank you. Because, you know, uh, in my very difficult times, they went out of their way to entertain us to the best of their abilities. And whilst we may have criticised some matches, uh, in particular one, um, we do recognise that uh, being a wrestler is tough. and then to do it in these circumstances just makes me admire these performers these elite athletes even more so uh, yeah uh, great stuff um, just for them to even put on these last two nights so um, really well done so thank you very much Mike for joining me on today's show Uh, uh, next time where we hopefully uh, if all goes to plan we'll be doing something a little different in terms of a quiz so hopefully you can join us next time ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening if you did like this podcast please remember to subscribe uh give us a like or a five-star review or whatever your rating system is on your podcast provider and give us a follow on social media too we're on twitter at holy shoot pod also on facebook we do have an instagram account but for some reason i can't access it so if you do want to go go ahead and uh that's the bottom line because this pod said so Over and out.